0: You know, I, I run into people who say, Well, I would never I would never study from a Jewish teacher because they don't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. Right. And I mean, I understand that perspective, but I do take issue with it because I learned right at the beginning that the Jews studied the Bible and they loved Yehovah. Mm -hmm. They loved Him. And they've got 3,000 years of some of the deepest, most incredible Bible study material you could ever imagine. And it gives you a lot of insight into the language and the culture and what people believed and how they thought and how they taught. And that translates to reading the New Testament, to reading the epistles of the Apostle Paul. Well, you know that Peter Said that Paul's writing is very difficult to understand and very easy for the unlearned to twist. And he was directly speaking to Gentile believers who did not know the Torah inside and out. And so I think there's a lot of value, so much value to be had in non-Messianic Jewish teaching. Obviously, we we have to insert our own understanding of Messianic things into there, but they still believe Messiah is coming. And so often they will, they'll point out, well, this is a Messianic prophecy. Yep. And I just say, oh, it's Yeshua. Yep, exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> you know,
0: that's kind of where I come from.
1: One of the biggest things, and, you know, we didn't discuss this tonight, but I think one of the biggest things is as my eyes started being, open to the fact that the Torah had something to do with me, this Gentile mm-hmm. girl in North America, right? Um, and that it was something that was mine to grasp, And I started just taking that in through my reading because I was already devouring the word for a decade, you know, by now almost. Mm -hmm. And as I had that little tiny perspective shift, so much of what Yeshua, so much of what Shaul, so much of what, you know, all the other disciples had said, the apostles had said, started to make sense and click because they were making references to something that was a teaching that we would consider a Judaic teaching. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And and I guess here's the thing. I mean, sometimes we like, and Yeshua quoted this verse from Hosea, but it's not a total quote. And he's actually elaborating within the thought of what the Judaic thought pattern was of the day, what he was saying. And so as my mind like started clicking of like, oh, this is making so much sense. And I'm understanding that it's making sense because there's this missing cultural understanding that I do not have that comes from these teachings that I have not learned. That that allowed yes. me to be not open to take them on as my own, but open to learn from them. If that makes sense, so exactly. And like yeah, you said, like I'm like, uh, uh, well, I think you've studied the Torah a lot longer than I have. So, if, <laughs> so if I'm going <laughs> to yes. learn how to study the Torah, maybe I should <laughs> learn it from somebody who's done it for a while.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. It just doesn't make any sense to me when Christians right. say, "Oh, right. that no. was Old Testament." You know, I have heard that so many times and I used to say that and Lord forgive me for my, you know, my casual treatment of the words that were spoken by God. Sometimes it just makes me ashamed oh, of myself. The way I jumped on that bandwagon and just completely mishandled the old testament because it was considered of no effect anymore. And we didn't need it and it's unnecessary. And so we don't need to right. learn any of that stuff. We just, we don't need it. Everything we need to know is right here in the New Testament. And unfortunately, that's
1: I think I think that's one of the things that haunted me so much in the back of my head in the time I was really just seeking, how am I supposed to serve you? Is because of coming from an LDS background, um, you know, when I became born again, then I wanted to witness to all of my family, right? And wanted to Mm -hmm. share with them and get them saved and, (laughs) you know, um, (laughs) all of that. And so... You know, when you live in the culture that I live here in Utah and Idaho and you become born again, then there's certain dogmas that you and and they're not wrong, but they are dogmas that you are Mm -hmm. taught to be like, you know, this kind of the Roman road to salvation type of thing, right? Like, these are the things, yeah. these are the steps, these are the way you're going to address this belief system. And one of the things, because Mormons believe that, you know, their God is one of many gods, they don't believe in, you know, one eternal God, their, you know, their church does not teach that Jesus is the word of God come in the flesh, that, you know, they don't teach, you know, that, that he is infinite God or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. All these things right. that... um. That traditional Christianity teaches. And we would go to, you know, my father, my mom, my, you know, aunts and uncles, whoever they might be. And in sharing with them, you know, go to scripture and say, look, no, God says that he doesn't change. God says that he's, if he's not a human that there's even any shadow of change in him. God says that his word stands forever. God says that his word stands it's the same yesterday, today and forever. And we would use these scriptures with Mormons to teach them how what they taught about who God was and what they believe scripture does because they they have consistent new revelation. So their prophet that sits now over the church can actually give a new ruling that totally negates something that a prophet 20 years ago said and and so their their church doctrine is changing regularly because a new prophet will receive a new revelation that totally dismisses other revelation. And so in addressing those things, using these scriptures that God does not change and His Word stands forever and there's no shadow of change and da 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 and these are the things I was bringing to my family, that's what I had to come face-to-face with. Like, to your point, like the guilt of standing in front of somebody saying, your God is wrong and your gospel is wrong because this is clearly what the Word of God says. But the answers right. I'm given when I go to my pastor and say, how come I'm not supposed to do these things anymore? Because it's clear that these things are not what I, yeah, these are, these are here. It says, thus saith the Lord, and thou shalt not. And, I mean, it's pretty black and white, like yeah. there's no getting around it's it. Pretty black yeah, and There's no getting around it. And it was, well, because those are in the Old Testament and, and they're not relevant to us because we're not Jews. And the thing was, but did we not just witness to the guy down the street saying they're, is one God. He is not man, that there is even a shadow of change in Him. And so that having to come face to face with the fact that I did know Scripture well enough to confront somebody about their faith, but I wasn't using it to... Bring about the growth in my own faith. It, you know, if that makes sense. Like you can't, you can't tell the Mormons they don't have the right God if you're using the exact same scriptures and then not using them in your own life and using excuses that those right. scriptures confront the same right. way they confront the LDS.